The existence of the UFO study that was first reported uh, by the I-Team from Las Vegas television station KLAS-TV was reported back in October. Well, the mainstream media has just picked up on that story, but it was broken by our very own George Knapp. In part of his other life, he's a television journalist in Las Vegas. He has been honored with the highest awards that you can get in broadcast journalism, the Peabody Award, the DuPont Award, the Edward R. Murrow Award. He's got regional Emmy Awards. And he broke, he heads up the I-Team in Las Vegas for television station KLAS, and he broke back in October the story that is now really hitting mainstream That story with former Senator Harry Reid heading up a study, part of the government study, to investigate UFOs. George, welcome. And you had an exclusive with Harry Reid, and that was an amazing interview, my friend. Well, thank you, George. Great to be here. Yeah, we I've known Harry Reid for a long time, and we've had these uh, sort of clandestine conversations about UFOs almost uh, as long as I've known him. Back in 1989, when I first started doing these Bob Lazar, Area 51 stories. Harry Reid was the first person I told about it out of outside of our newsroom, and he didn't kick me out. I mean, he didn't <laughs> think I was crazy. What I learned was he had an interest in the topic, and over the years since then, we've uh, we've corresponded. We would, whenever I would interview him on some other subject, we would uh, chat about it confidentially away from his staff, which drove him crazy. He'd share information with me. I passed things along with him, and um, it, back in 2007. He initiated uh, a study, he, uh, authorized the funds. He got a couple of other senators together, authorized the funds to launch this study of UFOs. He'd been reading about Skinwalker Ranch. He'd been attending these meetings with Bob Bigelow, who had an organization here in, in Las Vegas called NIDS, the National Institute for Discovery Science, put together this massive uh, collection of scientists, astronauts, another U.S. senator, uh, CIA analysts, things of that sort, to study the UFO issue. And Harry sat in on some of those meetings and really got kind of hooked on the subject. So he met with a couple of other scientists or senators in 2007, said, let's fund this thing, and they did. And the person who uh, got the contract that was put out uh, very surreptitiously by the Defense Intelligence Agency was Bob Bigelow here in Las Vegas. It seems like all big stories lead to Las Vegas. That's so right. Bigelow gets the yeah. Bigelow gets the contract. He established something called BAST, uh, Bigelow Advanced Aerospace Systems, and uh, hired people. They, he built secure facilities at his aerospace plant, uh, hired all these folks. They studied gigantic databases collected from the U.S. military, uh, videos and photos, things of that sort. They got uh, case files from other countries that had studied UFOs. They did it all kind of in secrecy, except they left a lot of breadcrumbs, sort of clues that were if you were paying attention, you would have known that something was going on. In fact, Bob Bigelow, six days after he signed the contract to do this study with the DIA, he came on coast to coast and he announced the creation of Bass. He said, I have a, a, a secret partner. I have a partner who's helping to fund this thing. He didn't say who it was, but you could read between the lines. And mm-hmm. then for the next five years, uh, they went everywhere. They collected all this information, studied UFOs. Uh, cooperated with intelligence agencies, got access to a lot of uh, classified stuff, and uh, were trying to crack the mystery. Now, the funding ran out, uh, and Harry Reid never made any public statements about it, but I, I happen to know about it. And when the when the New York Times was getting ready to break this story a couple of weeks ago, I, I called up Reid and said, hey, I, I'd like to do it. And he, he said, look, uh, I think it's better if the New York Times does it. I mean, 
he respects me as a reporter, uh, but for them to do it uh, instead, it changed the media environment, George. It, yes. It, uh, our world is a different place than it was a week ago. Have have those of us, George, like you, the people who've been investigating UFOs and the possibility of extraterrestrial life, have we all been vindicated by this study? I think I could, guess you could say that. I don't know. Um, you know, we've known, you and I have known that we're on the right track for a long time. We've known that the study of UFOs didn't stop with the cancellation of Blue Book in 1969. Of course it did. Of course, they continued to collect this information. They may not have had a formalized study to analyze it until this thing kicked on, but this proves that we are right and that we have been right, that they, the U.S. government and the military do take these, these things seriously, and of course they do. UFOs appear over nuclear missile bases. That's a national security matter. They appear over uh, uh, military facilities. They mess with uh, our most advanced warplanes. They fly circles around our best uh, equipment and our most advanced technology. They demonstrate their mastery over whatever we can do. Of course, we would be studying that stuff. So, yeah, it is vindication in that sense. Um, What it is not is disclosure. You know, they've cracked open the door now and admitted that this has been going on, but they haven't quite gone as far as a lot of people would like. And I, I think that's probably understandable. Well, that's that's true. They haven't come out and told us, folks, these are real. We know they're here. Uh, maybe they've studied them. Uh, and originally when the study came out, George, I thought, all right, maybe it started because they thought Russia or China had some kind of advanced technology and they wanted to get to the bottom of it. Is that possible? It's entirely possible. I put that question to Senator Harry Reid, you know, and he was the majority leader for years. He had access to all kinds of stuff, things that he wouldn't tell me, even uh, though that we'd known each other a long time. But I asked him, is it possible that Russia and China are studying this? He said, absolutely. Is it possible that they're ahead of us on this? He said, absolutely. And he, if he had to make a guess, he'd say China is further along. Whoever con- uh, conquers this technology and figures out how it works, whoever can duplicate it first would have an immense advantage over uh, their adversaries. Uh, you know, it would be a world-changing event. So I think probably there's a race on that we haven't really known about. There's a race on to get this technology. And I hope that these revelations over the last week or so will light a fire under us and maybe, um, you know, kick off another formal study because the the one that Reed was talking about, the one that Bigelow uh, carried out, was canceled. It ended. I mean, I'm sure they're still collecting information, but there's no formal study, at least not that we've been able to figure out. George, Tom DeLong, whom you know well, uh, the rock star from Blink-182, has put together a group of heavy hitters uh, and an organization now to really try to get to the bottom of this and other very unusual stories that are out there. What do you think of that, and is he going to help contribute to getting some answers for us? Well, I think he already has. You know, a lot of people, Tom drives them crazy, and either people come down, either love him or hate him. He's a rock star. They can't possibly tell him any any real secrets. But the fact is, he put this thing together. He gave, he created a platform back in October when he made this announcement. We reported it both on Coast and and on KLAS. The rest of the media ignored it, but that platform that he created there made all the difference. This guy, Lou Elizondo, who was the point man in the Pentagon, he was the head guy for this study. He'd been collecting UFO information for 10 years. He left his position directly under the Secretary of Defense, and and he quit to go to work for Tom DeLonge. And and for the last year, he's been making preparations. He's been sort of uh, 
declassifying videos that have been acquired through military encounters with UFOs, putting them in places where they could be leaked out without getting him in trouble. Uh, because he had a place to go uh, with Tom DeLong. that's really what kicked off all these revelations that have come out in the last two weeks. I had uh, dinner with Lou Elizondo and DeLong three days after that big announcement in Seattle. They came to Las Vegas to meet with Bob Bigelow and invited me along. Elizondo told me about his personal relationship with the Secretary of Defense, James Mattis, that Mattis had saved his life. He worked directly for him. He loved the guy. Mattis, though, he, he wrote a letter to him when he resigned saying, look, this, this UFO issue is really important. Now, we're not putting enough resources into it. That's why I'm leaving to go to work for Tom DeLong. And we owe a debt of gratitude to Tom DeLong, whether you like the guy or not. He's come through. I mean, the people who were on that stage with him are really impressive people. Whether his uh, endeavor will work or not, we're going to have to wait and see. But, uh, man, he's really delivered, I think, in this regard. I was first introduced into UFOs at a very young age. My mother brought me home a book uh, called We Are Not Alone, which was written then by the New York Times science writer Walter Sullivan about extraterrestrial life. And then Look Magazine came out with the Barney and Betty Hill abduction case, and I was just obsessed with it. How about you? How did this start for you? Uh, there are some stories in my family uh, that I've never told. Uh, the first UFO book, I, I hadn't really given any thought. The first UFO book I got was somebody, uh, a girlfriend, gave me a book of the Billy Meyer photos, the beam ship uh -huh. photos. And yeah. I still have that book, and I thought, that can't be real. And then um, John Lear walked into the TV station one day. He had had uh, a certain amount of credibility with us because he had helped us break a really big story about the existence of the stealth fighter out at Area 51. The world didn't know about it until John Lear told Channel 8, and we did some stories. The FBI was really upset about what seemed to be a national security breach, but the, the cat was out of the bag. So John comes back to the station with a pile of UFO documents for my boss and mentor, a guy named Ned Day, who's now gone, and says, hey, Ned, you got to check this stuff out. This UFO stuff is real. Ned says, that can't be true. If it was true, I'd already know about it. Get out of here. So I said, let me take a look at those documents. And John Lear left them on my desk, and I started reading them, and I kind of got hooked. I, I produced a little public affairs show at that time uh, called On the Record, and I had John Lear on as a guest. And the phone started ringing off the hook. This show airs at like 6 o'clock in the morning. Nobody watches it. But it touched the pulse of the public in a way I didn't understand. I had him on again. Uh, his stories got wilder and wilder, but the public just ate it up. So I started looking into it. Not long thereafter, I got to, hooked up with Bob Lazar and started investigating it and never looked back. And I just figured, look, you approach this, as George, as I'm sure you have, you approach it the same way you would any story. You separate wheat from chaff. You try to verify what's true and what isn't. This could be the biggest story. It is the biggest story in history. If, if you could verify it, it changes everything. So I've, uh, I've been working on it ever since. When it comes to UFOs, I would point to this recent uh, military study as an example. They've been very careful about not jumping to conclusions or saying these are ETs. They're unidentified. So they're unknowns. These crafts that are appeared, they've, they've captured on videos. These videos that were released from the Pentagon are very dramatic. You can hear these pilots, our best and brightest pilots, the most trained observers we have in the entire military, flying these advanced machines, the most advanced planes in the world, and they're powerless against this technology. It's from somewhere else. It's not from here. It's not ours. It's not Russian. It's not Chinese. They're not jumping to conclusion about where it's from. That's what the study was created to do, is try to figure it out. 
and try to figure out how, how it works. When it comes to UFOs, evidence is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, there are millions of people all over the world throughout human history who have seen these things in the sky and sometimes on the ground. There's video evidence, photo evidence, eyewitness testimony. What got me convinced that it was real is the government reports. As a as a investigative journalist, I can't go out and see a UFO or wait in the in the desert for one to show up, although I've done that hundreds of times. <laughs> but I yeah. do I do put the stock in government reports, especially classified uh, studies that have been uh, printed before there was a Freedom of Information Act. They're never meant to be seen by the public in which the government says these things are from somewhere else. We don't have this technology. We don't know where they're from, but we know they're not ours. Now, that is enough evidence for me to suggest this deserves to be investigated. Well, I'll tell you something that I learned in these interviews with Harry Reid and some of the people who are working on this secret study is that the religious issue came up. It became an issue about canceling the study. There are people, uh, hardcore uh, conservative religious fundamentalists in the military and in the intelligence establishment who said, look, we're not so sure it's a good idea to study these UFOs. It could be satanic. Maybe it's not ETs. Maybe it's satanic. That was a reason given for some of them to kill the study. So I don't think anybody knows for sure. I don't think they know they're aliens or interdimensionals or whatever they are. Uh, the, the idea is you study it long enough to figure it out. But anybody who says they know the answers, as Harry Reid said to me, anybody who claims to know the absolute answer, they don't know what they're talking about. George, in this study, did they ever chat with the late uh, Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, whom I had uh, amazing respect for? Uh, Edgar Mitchell was part of the science advisory board for NITS. He was one of the first people that Bob Bigelow got to corral to come and be part of this study team. I, I'm not. I, I believe that he was still around when the, this study kicked off, uh, and I'm sure that he was. I know for a fact he was part of the NIDS effort because I saw him there at, at science advisory board meeting. So, uh, you know, I think some of the statements that Edgar Mitchell made toward the end of his life about he has no no doubt that this is real, that it uh, is serious, and we need to pay attention to it. We're based is based we're based on evidence that uh, he learned through these kinds of efforts. And through his I think you're right. Context. I think you're right. He he told me once. He said, "George, I personally have not seen anything. I haven't seen anything on the moon. I was the sixth person to walk on the moon. But I got to tell you, I respect the people within government who have told me these are real. And he may be very well. I've been citing part of the study. You're right. Yeah, could be." I don't think there's going to be disclosure. I, I, I think this is sort of like it's confirmation is what it is in a sense. But disclosure, I think, exposes a lot of people to personal and legal liabilities. They've, they've lied to us for a long time. They've squandered money on things that probably black projects that uh, they weren't exactly honest with us. Uh, there was a government investigator who told me years ago that he felt that if the secret ever came spilling out totally, a lot of people would go to jail. That's enough of a reason to prevent disclosure. And I think that it depends on what you're disclosing. Uh, some of the some of the findings could be very disturbing uh, when you look at the effects, the medical and psychological effects of some of these encounters that people have reported and that have been studied as part of uh, this effort that we're talking about. It's kind of scary. What do you think of this uh, social media and this fake news attack? Well, I think it's a, a convenient thing for those who don't want the news to be believed, who want to whack away at our credibility. Uh, you know, the fact is, news reporters, journalists are humans. They make mistakes. We all have biases. Uh, and, uh, you know, there have been biased, uh, there has been biased coverage over the years at times. 
I think there's some evidence of that now that Trump is getting a lot more scrutiny. It's as if uh, uh, they, all the media have sort of ganged up on him. Now, the fact is, it's a target rich environment for reporters to, to there's a lot of things going on there. But uh, when the, the fake news becomes an excuse for anything you disagree with, it's an attack on the on the First Amendment. It's an attack on our abilities to operate as journalists. And I think a lot of it is just completely unfair. So what do you think this all is, George? What's it all about? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I don't know. And I hate to go out on that limb. I also hate to, to waffle on that question. I mean, my... Uh, we, we studied the Skinwalker Ranch stuff and wrote a book about it and, and have encountered some really strange stuff there. They have UFOs, but the paranormal phenomena extends so far beyond. Uh, it's like a, a paranormal Disneyland there. It was the entity, whatever it is, is like telling us that all this other stuff, crop circles and animal mutilations and poltergeist is somehow related, that it's different faces of the same thing. I wonder if uh, the interdimensional um, uh proposition makes more sense than extraterrestrial. But as Jacques Vallée told me a long time ago, George, he said, look, we have seen these craft perform these miraculous maneuvers. It seems as if they can bend space and time. And if they can bend space and time, they can be from anywhere or any time. They can be from an extraterrestrial civilization. They can be from another dimension or both. Yep. You know, I think it might be something that's just beyond us to figure out, at least at this point. Well, if these multiverses exist and they're stuck together like bubbles, it might be easy to travel through these things. Yeah, I think uh, that's what this study was supposed to be about. I've sort of got a list of the kinds of things that their 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 goals were and uh, trying to figure out how these things move around um, and where they come from was the main main goal and, and to see if we could somehow duplicate it. I don't think we can yet. I, I don't think we, we've mastered that, but we're getting closer. Did Bigelow fund this study or did that just come from taxpayers? Bigelow funded his first study. He did it for 20 years. He spent more money on UFO research than any single person in the history of the world. And then this came along, and then NIDS closed down. He still owned the, the ranch property until last year, but NIDS closed down, I think, around 05, 06. This came in from 2007 to 2012, and that was taxpayer money. But Bigelow, it, I think it was $22 million total over five years, but Bigelow put so much more money than that into uh, housing the facility and, and and building secure rooms and inside his aerospace plant, it was hardly a money maker. Um, but twenty two million—that's like the cost of a, an expensive lunch at the Pentagon. That's money. <laughs> Let's, uh, well, we're almost out of time. My gosh, George, the book, by the way, "Hunt for the Skinwalker," still available, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, it it, uh, it spikes every once in a while. It's been out uh, for twelve years now, and uh, I think that because Harry Reid mentioned it, and because uh, uh, it was uh, considered by this study. The guys from that Pentagon study went to the ranch. I think it's probably going to do a spike again in the sales. So I'll let you know how it goes. George, you have a great Christmas, my friend. And thanks again for being part of the program. And uh, you help keep us going. All right. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and all the Coast team. Bye. George Knapp, our weekend host. And, of course, he's the award-winning journalist for KLAS-TV in Las Vegas, Nevada.